Yuvamot Mundalodamudbet, projecting future behavior, Cheskat Shalosh Pamim. This is one of those sugyas that it's, it's quite heartbreaking to try and do in 20 minutes or to even, uh, that's really the challenge, to get something, something meaningful in, in 20 minutes from a sugya that is so beautiful and so vast and such beautiful ideas and logic developed both in the, in the Rishonim already and um, and a lot in in the last few generations of of Acharonim. and it it revolves around an idea I've mentioned before how much uh, how profound and life changing it's been for business leaders that I've taught to remove the words uh, prediction and expectation from their vocabulary, and um, and and when they do that, how that completely changes the way they relate to their employees to their customers to their shareholders to the to the media uh, and it's something worth trying in your own life as well uh, you can't have an expectation who are you to expect anything uh, it's such an arrogant concept an expectation and and I told them that in Hebrew there's no word for expectation because in in Lashona Kodesh we know there's no such thing who are you to expect anything to expect anything from Hashem to expect anything from other people who are you I expect. But on what basis? The Rebbein can have expectations, but what expectations have you got? And predictions, there's also no real word for predictions. We use, as we, we discussed in the Shiri, we, we use the words letzapot. Letzapot is to envision. There's a very big difference between envisioning and expecting. Uh, so if, you, if you're having a conversation with an employee, somebody on your team, and you, you say, I expect the following from you, or you say, this is what I envision for you. Just look how different that sounds. If you tell your, your shareholders or you tell your analysts, these are our predictions for the coming year. Or you say, this is what we envision for the coming year. It's a completely different idea. And in, and in Hebrew, we've got the word letzapot, not no word for, for expectation and no word for, for prediction. Nevoah we've got, but that's something different altogether. If you're not an avi, then what are you predicting? Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it, there's such chutzpah in those two words. I predict. Well, you're a novi? What do you predict on the basis of what? Uh, I have expectations. Who are you? The Bainashalona? On what grounds have you got expectations? Um, and, and it changes people's lives and it's changed businesses. It's something so worthwhile working on. But you've got to take the word out completely. Not sometimes. You've got to actually stop using the word in all conversation. The, uh, and, and one of you asked when we discussed this in, in the show previously, <laughs> but what about... Projections, that means can you not buy a share or stock on the, on the expectation that's going to increase? How, how do you operate? Uh, and as I was driving through one of these areas of, of unbelievable construction here in, in Israel, which you see all over the place, I thought to myself, what faith in the future? Uh, some of it might be pre-sold, but lots of it isn't. A lot of commercial office buildings that are going up, building after building after building. It's such faith in the future. What's, what's that based on? It's based on projections. So I want to differentiate in the sugya between a, a projection and a prediction. Uh, to project is okay. To predict is arrogant. What is, what is the difference? What is projection? And what are some of the models of projection, projection that we have in halakha? And one of them is the idea of cheskat shalosh pa'amim, that when something happens three times, there's a chazoka. And a chazoka means you can make assumptions based on that, on that occurrence. Uh, but it's not so simple that it's three times. It's not so simple in all cases. 
Once again, we start with psukim. The uh, one of the psukim that we, that we'll work on is the pasuk of situation where the Torah is very clear on this idea of three times, and that's in the idea of the damage caused by an ox. That if a, an ox gores, you have to pay half damage. Not a discussion of the Gemara. Is it that you should pay full damage and the Torah reduces it to half, or is it that you should pay nothing and the Torah increases it? Because are you supposed to expect that your ox is going to go around goring other other, other oxes or not? But one thing's for sure. If you know that it's a, an ox that gores from yesterday and the day before, and you don't take additional steps to guard this ox from not getting out of control, then then shalem yishalem shota chalashov amet yelo. Then you pay full damage. There's no concession at all because there you, uh, you you've been negligent in not guarding the shor. We have another case of this kind of chazoki in our mishnah on daf samachdal amud aleph. Nasai shava A man has a mitzvah of period of arriva to have children. If he's married to a woman and they're unable to have children after a period of ten years. He's not permitted to continue in that marriage. Either he has to take another wife or divorce her and, and marry somebody else. Uh, the him go into the fact that it's not that he has to, it's that he's, it's, a, it's a basis for divorce. If, he, if he's not, not able to fulfill the mitzvah, he can say the purpose of the marriage is not being fulfilled uh, and, and it's a ground for divorce. If, if he divorces her, the fact that she's been 10 years with a man and not have had not had children doesn't mean that the next husband can't marry her. Now the man can marry her. And the clock counts again from begin from the beginning. So the next one doesn't have a grounds for divorce until another 10 years. He can't say, you know what, he was she was with so-and-so for 10 years and didn't have children. We've been together already three years and haven't had children. Clearly there's a problem. And, and I want to divorce her. No, he's got, there's a full 10-year time period there as well. Says our Gemara Namad Beis, Shani in Shlishi Law. The second, the Gemara says, it doesn't say other husbands can stay 10 years with her. It says Shani. The second husband can marry her and remain another 10 years before worrying about her being barren. Uh, but it seems a third one not. If a third man, well, you, then you've got to say, she married once, 10 years, no child. She married a second time, 10 years, no child. I must assume that this is a woman who won't have children. Matnitin mani rebi, here this Mishnah must go like rebi, the Tanya Mila Harishon mate. If a man, if, if a, a couple have children and they do a bris miller, and God forbid that a child dies from the bris miller. Shani, they do a bris miller on the second child and the child dies again. Shlishi, Lotimul, you don't do it a third time. There's no bris miller the third time. You don't take the chance. Divrei Rebbe, that's what Rebbe says. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Shlishi, Timur, Revi, Lotimul. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says you wait three times and then the fourth time you don't, you don't do the bris. Rav Yosef, the son of Rav, said to Rav, Yosef, I asked the great Rav Yosef, is the halacha like Rebbe that you wait two, twice and the third time you, you, you act on the assumption? He said, yes, two, two times creates a chazoka. And later on I said to him, is the halacha like Rav Yosef that you have to wait three times? And he said, yes. Achuki Achikbi is clearly mocking me. Omale Sarova said to his son, Rav Yosef, Lo, no, he's not mocking you. Stamihi, there are, are, are Mishnahs without, a, a, that are not attributed to an author. 
and he's explaining to you that there are some places where we paskin like Rebbe and some places that we paskin like Rabbi Yishim Gamliel. And this is what sets the Rishonim and the Achronim into a tiz. What is the basis of this differentiation? We're talking statistics. So we're saying that twice is already enough to establish a pattern and the third time you make an assumption or do you have to go three times? But what is this? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Nisuin Malkus, in the case of Nisuin Malkus. Karebi. Nisuin is this our case. The first one can marry her, the second one can marry her, the third one shouldn't marry her because we pass like Rebi. The two set the precedent. And and Malchus is if a man gets Malchus once and he gets Malchus twice, the third time they don't give him Malchus. The third time they lock him away until he dies. Um, if you don't live with a man who's repeating the same thing over and over again. Um, uh, imagine if the criminal justice system worked that, that way. Well, I suppose the three-strike law that they had in, in certain states in America was like that. You do, the, you do it once, you do it twice. The third time, you're in jail for life, even if the third offense is a very minor offense. It was quite a cruel law. But, but it's a kind of this thing. It's a chazak already. You've done it twice. We've got to assume that you're going to do it. You're not fit to be among society. Um, so that's the same as a man does, does something that gets malchus. Remember how difficult it is to get malchus. He has to be warned within a few seconds of actually doing it. He's got to be warned by two people. He's got to be warned twice. He's got to ignore the warning. He's got to understand the severity. He's got to do it in front of witnesses. It's not easy to be high of malchus. But if a man is so brazen that he actually gets malchus twice, then the third time you don't keep on beating the daylights out of him, you lock him up and, and eventually he dies in, in prison. So there too is enough. Vestot v'shor hamuad, but when it gets to the vestor, to the periods of a woman, that means if, if two months in succession, a woman's period is on a particular day of the month or a particular gap from the first to the second, to the second period, we make assumptions about the next time. Uh, and the Shoramuad is the case we had with the ox. In those cases, Karaman Shimon Gamliel, there we pass in the Shimon Gamliel, that you need three times. Tosfer says on the beginning of Daf Samachay Amad Aleph that, that it's not as if Rebbe is arguing with the, with the Shor Muad because it says quite clearly in the Torah, Mitzmol Shil Shom, it says three times. So there's no Machlok, it's Rebbe, Rebbe and Raman Gamliel on that. What Rebbe is saying, I agree that in the case of Shor Muad, where we've got a posuk, that goes like Raman Shimon Gamliel, that you need three times. But where we don't have a posuk, it doesn't, it doesn't apply. Um, so, so again, this is just there's just so much beautiful Torah on 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 this idea and why this distinction and so on. But uh, I just want to give you an an, an insight into it. Uh, it. It's talked about by by, by many of the Achronim, but Rabbi Yosheb Soloveitchik in, Bo, in Bovakama uh, summarizes a, a, an approach. And he says, When we're looking at this kind of chazoka, there are three, there are two different principles. Halacha shel birur and halacha shel chalot shame. There's a difference when you're looking at projecting behavior and you're looking at changing the halachic status of something. At, at a certain point, doing something repetitively can change halachic status. That's different from projecting. Uh, and he says, Rebbe Sovesh betrays him, If you're looking at projecting behavior, twice is enough to make a projection. But, but the changing the, the halachic 
reality that requires three times. That's not just about projecting, and for that we have we have psukim. The the way to understand this, the way that that I understand it, firstly the simple idea of chazoke. Marashi um, Shiva used to explain, but something I've seen, Rebbe Chonon explains, it probably comes from Rebbe Shimon Shkop, that when something happens, you can say it's a coincidence. When something happens twice, Machlokis Rebbe and Rebbe Shimon Gamliel, do you still say, well, it's another coincidence. But when something happens three times, or according to Rebbe, twice, you say there's a common cause for both times. These are not two random events. They're two events instigated by one cause. Uh, and, and that's the difference in looking at it. But going a little further, if you think of a blank piece of paper and you make a mark on the paper, a point, and I say to you, project that point, you can't project the point. In what direction would you project it? But the moment you've got two points and you've got a line between the two points, you can project the line in either direction. Uh, that's what projection is. You need two points to, to be able to project. One point, from one point, you can't project. But when you've got three points, you've got a design. You've got no design with two points, you've just got a line. But you've got three points, you've got a triangle, you've got a V, you've got a whatever, you've already, there's already a design. You can see design in it. Design changes halachic status because you realize this is not A, this is B. This is not just three points, this is a triangle. Um, and that's the difference. Are we looking at, at a change or noticing a design or are we looking at projecting projecting events. According to Rebbe, the way, also the way Rabbi Yoshebe Soloveitchik explains it, um, and, and by the way, we're t- talking about Rabbi Yoshebe Soloveitchik, and you know, you know who he was, the Rosh Hashiva in, in, in Yeshiva University. People don't realize who he was. Head of modern orthodoxy and all that, all that kind of stuff. People don't realize. He and his cousins, the Briskers, uh, the, the Briskerov and, and, their, and his children, he and his cousins never spoke because of the issue around his backing Mizrahi, uh, which was an incredibly difficult issue in the, in the Soloveitchik family um, at, the, at that time. It was, uh, it, it was seen as completely treacherous and, and against everything. And they never spoke to each other. Um, and once, uh, just to give you a sense of who he was, once I was with Reb Meir Soloveitchik with somebody and I heard somebody speak vaguely disparagingly about Reb Yoshebeir Soloveitchik, the cousin with whom he doesn't speak. And Reb Meir said, don't you dare speak about Reb Yoshebeir Soloveitchik like that. He is the greatest London of our generation. There's nobody like him. That's from his cousins who don't speak to him. And, and my cousin, Rabbi Avram Gubitz, now the, the Rosh Yeshiva of Gateshead Yeshiva, also from the Briskers, learned with the, with the, with the Briskers, with, with Rabbi Yoshebeir Soloveitchik in Yerushalayim. Um, also, he, couldn't, he, he could never go and visit Rabbi Yoshebeir Soloveitchik in America because there was this, this barrier. But I did go to visit Rabbi Yoshebeir Soloveitchik and had an amazing conversation with him. And when I met my cousin a few years later, and, and I told him that I'd met Rabbi Yoshebeir Soloveitchik, I thought he was going to say, how could you have gone? To see him, he just sat me down and he said, tell me everything. What happened? When you walked in, what did he do? What did he say? What did he answer? What did you ask? Every word he wanted to know. And he listened with such resource. Yoshe Be'er Soloveitchik is in, in learning and, and in philosophy and in thought and in so many areas is one of the greatest of our generation. Anyway, that's, that's who this Yoshe Be'er Soloveitchik is. We can't he take his principle lightly at all. It's, it's foundational. Um, but, but that's the idea that, that he's putting over. If you're looking at halacha shil birur, that means projecting. How, what, 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 I want to be mevara. What's, what's likely to happen next? Not a prediction, 
And it's not an expectation, it's a projection. Just I've, I've got to decide, am I putting up this building or not? Uh, so I've got to project. So you've got two points, you can project behavior on the basis of two points. That's all you need to project. Three points doesn't make it any more certain, or four points or five points doesn't make it any more certain. With one point, there's, there's no projection. With two points, you can project. And you're sometimes right and you're sometimes wrong. That's the nature of projection. Uh, but once there are three points, a shore does something three times. The shore changes from a shore tam to a shore muad. It's a different animal. It needs to be treated differently. It needs to be protected differently. It's the damages it causes are different. The short tum and the short mood, they look the same. You see them both in the, in the barn behind the fence and you see two oxen. No, one is a short tum, one is a short mood. They're two halakhic realities completely different. And the same it is with the woman's periods. Those periods are halakhic realities from which they flow halachot. But you first got to establish the halachic, is this a verset? Is this what we, the halachic, verset, a period is a halachic reality. A period is, is 28 days, is from the fourth of the, the month to the fourth of the month. However, however you're going to measure the period, but it becomes a halachic reality with a lot of implications for Tuma and Tyra, for relations between them, for situations is she assumed to be Nida or is she assumed to Nida? All sorts of halachot flow from, from that halachic reality. To determine halachic reality, you've got to see design. And for design, you need three points of reference, not two points of reference. That gives us some idea as we go through life and we're looking to understand the difference between expectation and predictions on the one hand and projections on the other. The projections you can already do with two points, but once you see three points, it's, more, it's a projection based on design, which is different just on a projection based on, on a direction.